0: Another episode of CadaverCast. I'm El Burnham.
1: And I'm CadaverDad Jeff Burnham.
0: And we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. The topic today is Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Or Live, Die, Repeat, or oh I feel like there's another title. All You Need Is Kill was the original title of the Japanese light novel. They changed the title of this after it came out actually. They made like this big push. To, like, rebrand it as Live, Die, Repeat. Did I ever tell you about that? No. We'll have to get into that, I guess. But this came out in 2014. Only
0: six years ago.
1: Only six years ago. And as a matter of fact, here are the tickets from when your mom and I went to see it. I have them in the movie here. Hmm. It was apparently a Monday, an 11.10 a.m. showing. We had to get you a babysitter so that we could (laughs) go see this And we went to see the, uh, oh boy, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. We went to see those back to back. (laughs) Wow. So, where should we get started here, man?
0: Should we talk about what they talked about in the beginning? Maybe, because that's important.
1: So you want to jump right into the story here? Yep. Okay, what is important to understand about this story?
0: So, on this planet... It's supposed to be Earth, but it's supposed to be another planet?
1: No, it's Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's Earth. <laughs> it's Earth. It's like the future.
0: Yeah. Um and there was giant meteors that crashed, and then there was these things they called mimics. Uh-huh. So were swarming the place.
1: And what are the mimics?
0: The Mimics are giant, are, um they're not giant, they're monsters that are really fast, and they kind of look like they're made of black spaghetti.
1: <laughs> black spaghetti monsters, they're sure. Really but they're fa- monsters, yeah. and where do they come from?
0: They come from outer space. Uh-huh. They can shoot fire.
1: They can shoot fire?
0: I thought they shoot fireballs.
1: I don't know, they seem to have some sort of ballistics. You're right, though, They they're, there's like a... When they, they go to uh, attack the beach. No, you're right. There are some yeah. sort of ballistics that are being shot at the soldiers' like helicarrier things. And hmm. they're like rockets or fireballs. What, oh, how do no, they do that?
0: Not, I've I never even, even like thought little, about that. They're not exactly fireballs. They're little um pebbles, almost. Like, <laughs> like exploding I don't know. rocks? No, Like they bark them out or something? They're just like things that go everywhere they can just throw them they look like they're fireballs i don't know why
1: this is a good point though i never never even thought about this
0: and they never come back
1: well i mean fireballs yeah they use them in the initial assault they shoot down the ships but how do these creatures shoot down the ships I'm. I'm like my yeah. brain just like came right up against a wall. I. I can't process. That's the this. only
0: time they use it.
1: They do. Like when we see them, when we actually see the creatures, we don't ever see them shoot, like a no. fireball or a rocket or anything.
0: Not at all.
1: Man, that is weird. That's a good point, Al. Where do yeah. these creatures come from, though?
0: They come from outer space.
1: Which makes them.
0: Aliens. There
1: you go. I was looking for that in your original explanation. Mm-hmm. These are aliens from outer space. They land in Europe to take over the world.
0: Yep. And where they are, they've they're increasing, taking oh, like attacking a large area and increasing very fast since they mm-hmm. attacked. Yeah, um, they've
1: taken over basically yeah. at the beginning of the movie. They've taken over like the entirety of Europe.
0: Yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean without yeah they they haven't started in like France. Yeah, they haven't
1: spread off of mainland Europe to like the UK, but definitely mainland Europe. They've taken over almost the entirety of it. And so Mm -hmm. that's where the movie starts, right? Europe has been taken over by aliens.
0: Yeah, and he meets the general
1: Who? You Uh, lost our protagonist in here.
0: A protagonist. Um our protagonist I forgot his name.
1: His name is bill
0: bill yes does
1: that remind you of anything bill and rita are our two main characters here
0: and bill goes to the general wait wait, wait. hold on
1: hold on back up back up back up back up up. (sighs) does that remind you of anything bill and rita phil and rita
0: yeah
1: what does that remind you of
0: Groundhog Day!
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: Oh, this was also an excuse to torture you with Groundhog Day
1: references. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, talking about Edge of Tomorrow because I actually teach Edge of Tomorrow in Mm -hmm. my Script to Screen class. I have my students read the original screenplay, which is titled All You Need Is Kill, the same name as the original source material and then they watch the movie and they're two completely different things basically like the the movies could not be more different the one that's proposed by the screenplay and then the one that is actually on screen so i end up watching it a lot because i teach it uh, twice a year and i also teach groundhog day like <laughs> 3 times a year <laughs> so yeah. these are movies we watch a lot these
0: are the two reasons why we did this episode it's a great movie and it's just an excuse to torture you with Groundhog Day references. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So you like Groundhog Day, too. <laughs> yeah. And w- why don't we do Groundhog Day on the show?
0: Because we always get to make references of it. And it's so good. So we it's don't... not a monster movie.
1: There it is. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not because it's so good. If it's so good, we should just do it on the show. It's not a monster movie. That's the big deal.
0: Yeah, true. It's not a monster movie.
1: But this one is, so we can talk about Groundhog Day Mm -hmm. while talking about Edge of Tomorrow. So we've sort of shoehorned in this whole Groundhog Day discussion. Mm -hmm. So which one, I guess, because we'll talk a little bit about both, obviously, but I mean, should we just talk about Groundhog Day for a minute?
0: When we get to parts that are kind of like Groundhog Day, let's always make references from that. Okay. Yeah. So whenever we get to something that's... Like or from Groundhog Day, we'll make references about it.
1: There you go. That makes sense. This movie, we should note right off the bat, though, is rated PG-13, if I remember correctly. No, there it is on the disc. PG-13. So, parental guidance. Alistair, what should our listeners know about this movie if they are going to show it to their kids or consider showing it to their kids?
0: Watch it before your kids watch it with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. But what are what are some of the, I guess, content warning things that we should mention? Like, what might be upsetting to kids? What is maybe not kid content? Obviously, you're 8 and not 13. Uh, we watch it with you because we know you. We've seen it before. But even still, there are things in this movie that could potentially spook kids, right? Yeah. So what should they know about?
0: Make sure that... The monsters will not scare your kids because the monsters are actually kind of a, a little scary.
1: Yeah, they're big, freaky, like you said, black spaghetti monsters. Mm-hmm.
0: The alphas are, too.
1: Mm-hmm, you got...
0: I would say the alphas.
1: The alphas in particular, the blue ones?
0: Yeah. They're yeah, bigger than yeah, the ones. Yeah, they're North. way bigger. Yeah, they're way bigger. And
1: they sort of like, their mouths hang open and they're like... <laughs> they
0: like,
1: sort of belch out blue, glowy... I don't know, energy or something?
0: We'll talk about that later once we get to that part. Oh, right. so okay. There's a we'll lot get to of it. stuff before that. Okay. And so, other things, yeah. though,
1: other things mm-hmm. to mention there is some swearing in the film. Mm-hmm. There is violence, a plenty, a lot of violence, but it's that weird PG 13 kind of violence where even if somebody is bleeding out and dying typically there's no blood, right? Like, that's a weird thing about ratings. Let's talk about that for a second, man. So one of the things that happens in our rating system is you can show all the violence you want, really, but as long as you don't show blood, you can show the movie to younger kids. If you show blood and stuff, then it's got to get like an R rating and it's got to be restricted audiences. What's weird about this is the fact that In real life, if you shoot somebody, they bleed. If you take the blood out, then what you're actually putting out is a movie that is more dishonest, that isn't accurately representing violence, that's making violence look like it doesn't really hurt people as much as it actually does. Yes,
0: but as good of a movie as this, you wouldn't realize it since it's usually an Like cool fighting parts.
1: Well, yeah, that's, uh, and that's kind of the point, right? And this is where I'm, this is what I'm getting at is that it makes violence look kind of cool and not very dangerous when you don't show blood. So that's a bit of a problem that I have, not just with this movie. And I mean, if I had to levy any complaints against it, it would be that, but any movie rated PG 13 that's got a lot of violence, they just don't show blood. You'll watch like, Uh, Some of our listeners might have seen the Taken movies. Liam Neeson shoots about a thousand people in those movies and there's no blood, you know, and that's unrealistic. And that's uh, that's sending a problematic message to viewers for sure, making violence look cool and not all that dangerous or whatever. Um, especially when a character can be killed time and time again and come back, there's maybe added confusion there, (laughs) uh, especially for younger viewers. But that's something that we've talked about while watching it. So that is something to be concerned Mm -hmm. about. It's violent, uh, not a ton of blood. There's one scene in particular, he's bleeding out, um, when the, the alpha, like, uh, like cuts his wrist or something like that. And that's trying to like make him bleed out. And then he gets in a car accident and he's bleeding. But otherwise, he like has a hole in his chest in one scene, and there's just no blood. Um, he gets shot in the head, no blood, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then other things to mention, there's innuendo, which will go over your kid's head, because I say it, and Al gives me a funny look. And so then swearing, innuendo, and uh, wh- what else did we say? Oh, spooky monsters, creepy mm-hmm. monsters, right? And war, you know, really war. intense war sequences. Yes.
0: That are also cool, so your kids might not be scared by it.
1: Yeah, when we should be scared of war.
0: The monsters are cool and scary, but since they're cool, it makes them not that scary. And it makes the kids kind of not afraid, but...
1: Yeah, and I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll talk more about the war as we go on for sure here. But I think that covers parental guidance. Mm-hmm. So then, live, die, repeat. Mm-hmm. What happens in this movie, and why, didn't, and why did they try to rebrand it? I guess I can explain industrially why they tried to rebrand it. The movie was released as Edge of Tomorrow in the theaters, and it didn't do terribly well. Like It, it paled in comparison to uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in terms of its box office, but it's, if you ask me, a much, much better movie. And then when it came out on home video, if you see here, Al, they started putting this live, die, repeat became like basically the de facto title that they were promoting it with, you know, because it's kind of, I don't know, not a better title than Edge of Tomorrow, but it at least is more descriptive. Yeah, you Edge, know? Of
0: tom- Edge of Tomorrow, um, also, it it's hard to understand how it goes with the movie. Sure. But it does go with the movie. Yeah, it
1: works on, it, it feels right. But it's not as descriptive, right? Like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is a movie that is about a planet that's being taken over by the apes, and it's the beginning of the ape takeover, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Edge of Tomorrow is a little more cryptic, or whatever. You know, it doesn't it doesn't quite yeah. hit the nail on the head. You know, even the original title, All You Need Is Kill, doesn't quite. <laughs>
0: do no, I can see. I can. I can. I can see how all three of these tie into the movie. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you're right. But Live, Die, Repeat is Mm -hmm. what they tried to to put it out as um, on home video, much to the chagrin of people who actually enjoyed the movie. Uh, What does that title refer to, or this tagline? Title or tagline, Live, Die, (laughs) Repeat.
0: It repeats to... Our main character and what happens to him.
1: You mean it relates to our main character? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And what happens to him? Okay. Oh, in one gory bit of the movie. I didn't mention that where his face melts off. That's something. Oh, true. Where like yeah. the chunk of his face melts. Um, again, no blood and it's kind of weird, but he gets his face melted off, right? At the end of yeah. the movie? No. No. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Our protagonist gets his face melted off.
0: It's not that scary.
1: No, it's it's kind of gross and creepy. Yeah. So he gets his face mm, melted we'll off. Get... Does, it, does his face melt off for the rest of the movie? Does uh, he just not no. have a face?
0: But I did want to tell the importance of how the beginning is.
1: Okay, we'll come back to that. But but answer my question. Does he go through the rest of the movie without a face? No. Why not?
0: Because it was from the alpha that has a e power... That when you die, it starts the day over.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So he lives, he (laughs) dies, he repeats.
0: And none of the other people remember it. Exactly. Only he does. Yeah. And everything is the same only if he changes it.
1: Exactly, exactly. So uh, the he in question, Bill. Bill. Played by Tom Cruise. Did you recognize him, by the way?
0: No, not until I read the thing on the... Not until I read the cover.
1: Okay. Did... Oh, that you knew his name. Do you know what else he was in that you have seen?
0: Uh, I don't remember the specific movie, but I remember I've seen movies he was in.
1: Yeah, he's in the Mission Impossible movies.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I see.
1: There you go. So... Uh Tom Cruise movies are a lot of Tom Cruise running running, 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 running <laughs> and and jumping and yelling and shooting and screaming, and here dying, but also lots and lots of running. that's kind of a uh, the Tom Cruise way,
0: yeah, so Bill, as in the movie, meets the general, and he mm-hmm. says he can't be one of the army soldiers, they're advanced soldiers. That are made for, um, killing. I say killing since they're supposed to literally kill them.
1: The mimics.
0: Yes, the mimics. And he says he can't be one of them.
1: Bill says this. Bill. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And when he tries to run out, he's being chased by the guards. He gets knocked out and ends up in where the army place is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Basically, Tom Cruise plays a coward who is incapable of fighting, which is really weird. That's not a Tom Cruise role that you typically see. I mean, in the Mission Impossible movies, he just starts out capable of doing anything. By the time you get into Mission Impossible 2, he's (laughs) like backflipping on motorcycles. So, (laughs) you know... He's uh, playing a coward here who tries to not get involved in the actual battle. He's like a PR guy. But uh, all the soldiers who are fighting the Mimics wear these crazy like, battle armor suits. You know, that yeah. make them like super soldiers. And he's not trained in that. And he's being sent to the front lines. No. Basically a sacrifice by the general. Yeah. And he ends up...
0: Becoming one.
1: Uh, unwillingly? No. <laughs> and then he dies.
0: Can we talk about the suit for a little bit? Let's
1: talk about the suits, yeah. absolutely.
0: Okay, so because they are yeah, rad. Oh yeah, they are. So there's things on their backs that they can, they can come up and they're but they're kind of like missile launchers. Yeah, basically. like little
1: mini guns that kind of like pop up over their yeah, shoulders. Yeah, and
0: then their arms are also like machine guns or something. Like yeah
1: and it kind of allows them to run super fast and punch super hard and they've got guns built onto them you know it makes them super soldiers yeah right out of the gate yeah because the mimics are huge the big old scary yeah. uh, black spaghetti monsters right
0: uh-huh the tiny mimics the orange ones the normal ones they're not as big as them but still they're almost as big as one of them Yeah. As a full-grown person.
1: Well, and then the orange ones, they can also do that kind of like... Like you said, the spaghetti monsters, they got like the tendrils.
0: And they're so fast, they can like swiver everywhere and hit a bunch of things at a time.
1: I don't think swiver is a word, but it does accurately sound like the movement they do. Like a swiver. Yeah, it's not
0: exactly a like... It's not like slithering like a snake, but... It's like
1: swiveling and slithering.
0: No. I'm <laughs> no, I no, said no. I like it. I like yeah, a swiver. No, kinda, it works. It's kind of like it's not going like in like a sharp movements like like Yeah, they can kind of like move around yeah, smoothly. But they can and they're also really fast mm-hmm. and they can spin around to hit a bunch of Soldiers at one time by spinning?
1: Yeah, they can kill, like... Even though the the humans show up in these battle suits that are endlessly customizable because some of them have, like, guns on their backs and some of them have, you know, uh, more guns on their arms. Yeah, some all of, them, of them... You know, uh, though Rita fights them... with a helicopter blade. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. That's, like, I a do. helicopter blade oh. she's using.
0: Though all of them, I think, have a bomb on their chest. That's No, like the, the a... one
1: guy does. Yeah, There's a the one, one guy who goes into battle... With basically, um, like a, I don't know, like a landmine or something on his chest, for lack of a better description. It's not like a landmine, but it's a an explosive that yeah. he straps to his chest to to blow up any you know aliens yeah, that come yeah. right out. But him. it's
0: like a like a sacrifice,
1: yeah, like a suicide, yeah, bomb like a suicide, suicide
0: a um, last resort because exactly. it's blowing up, but it also blows the enemy up and it blows him up.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, the humans, even though they are, you know, wearing all of this armor and some of them have guns on their backs and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, some of them are really highly trained and yes. some of them have killed hundreds of these things in battle, what ends up happening is this, like, one of them will pop up out of the ground, one of the mimics, and it'll just kill, like, ten people instantaneously. They're so fast. Yeah. So deadly.
0: Yeah, and even the tiny mimics... They can also just bury in the ground because this is at the beach. Yeah. And, but you'll know when they come up since they'll make bubbles and then they'll, like, not exactly bubbles, but.
1: The ground the will shake. Sand, like a graboid's the shake, under there or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: And then it'll come up. So, one thing the general, what's the general's name?
1: I don't the remember. The other general
0: in the army. I don't remember.
1: Oh, it's Sergeant Farrell.
0: Yes, Sergeant Farrell.
1: Did you recognize him? Let's pause there and talk about him. Sergeant Farrell with the mustache, who you know talks to Bill when Bill first arrives from Science Hill, Kentucky. You don't recognize him? Mm, no. That's Bill Paxton, who you would know as the main guy from Twister. He's the main mm. tornado chaser, whose name there is. Bill Does that sound right, Amber? I think his name is Bill. Everybody's name is Bill. Um but it he's the, the one who can the
0: protagonist?
1: Yeah, he's the protagonist of uh Twister. He's the one who can smell the tornadoes coming.
0: Oh, I don't see any connection between the two characters.
1: There's it's I've the same been, actor, that's yeah. the connection. It's Bill Paxton. Uh-huh. It's just there are uh they do about nineteen be- years in between the movies. Yeah. And in Edge of Tomorrow, he's got a mustache. Uh-huh. So that's the difference.
0: But then um, Sergeant Farrell brings him into J-Squad. Mm-hmm. J-Squad, that's like one of the main, main, main things of how the movie ends.
1: Yeah, the J-Squad is like the, the group of grunts, basically, that he ends up with. This just frontline group of soldiers who are destined to die the next day in the final push to fight the Mimics, right? Like, Basically, Bill ends up in this fight because it is humanity's last stand against the alien takeover. Yeah. And they are uh-huh. in the front lines, and he's put with them uh, to die.
0: But and they're like... He does. Yes. But what did J-S- you want to say
1: about J-Squad? Um,
0: the, the J-Squad is kind of like the guys that are like the ones that people think of like... How can I say this?
1: They're like the comic N- relief? Yeah,
0: but they're like, the guys, they're like the not-that-strong ones? I wouldn't say they're not that strong, but...
1: Well, they're they're like, I think they're all privates
0: in the military,
1: I think. I think they're all newly enlisted. Um, yeah. Ford claims to have fought in 20 battles, but we find out later that's not true. So... They are definitely not the elite commandos, like Rita's group, like the Valkyries or whatever.
0: they're all new. They haven't had that much experience with it, like other soldiers might. Mm -hmm. But he ends up with them. And then this is my favorite part of that whole place.
1: Okay, so let's talk Um, about your favorite part. And then what I want to do is stop just talking about the story and just talk about the other stuff we like. Uh Because the setup is really, really important. And then we can branch off from there. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite thing?
0: My favorite thing that will come in later, my favorite part of the, like, main base, is the place where there's, like, little electro mimics that aren't really real. Oh,
1: with the little claws coming down from the sky? Yeah, Yeah, but
0: the guys stand somewhere where the mimics can't hit them, the fake mimics, and they just shoot at the mimics as practice.
1: Yeah a training ground
0: yeah that's my favorite part
1: yeah that's a really cool place too and of course later on once bill starts dying and coming back to life and reliving his final day on earth over and over and over again which is the day of the battle yeah he has to be trained you know so tom Cruise's character goes from a guy who's a coward who refuses to fight to somebody who is actually like, the best mimic fighter ever, basically, because he ends up trained by Rita. Yeah. And what what's important about Rita?
0: Rita, um, she killed hundreds of mimics even in her first battle. She's, like, the best.
1: Yeah, and do you know how she killed hundreds of mimics on her first day?
0: No, I don't remember. Because she
1: was reliving the day yes. just like yes. he is.
0: From the alphas.
1: Mm-hmm. She also died, got alpha blood on her. Alpha blood like melts you and then you reset the day.
0: Yeah, and she um, got so she's much... She's played
1: by Emily Blunt.
0: Yes. She got so much practice that she became really, 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 really good.
1: Oh man, and the scenes where like the fully trained Bill and Rita are, like, running across the beach during the battle, like, flipping through the air and, like, shooting everything and hitting these monsters with, you know, the uh, helicopter blade and stuff like that. That is so cool. (laughs) I love that stuff. The imagery of them, you know, just flipping through the air in their super suits and destroying these monsters. Yeah, and
0: then the one part when they get into battle, the ship where Sergeant Farrell is on and the rest of them are, when they were just about to drop... Um the back part of this plane starts exploding. Yeah. From the fireballs that don't come in ever. <laughs> yeah,
1: that we don't know where they <laughs> originate no. from. Sure. Yeah, no. And um and that's one of the ways that we yeah. learn that the day is repeating, of course. You know, when you have these movies, and this will be a good time to talk about Groundhog Day too. When you have these movies where you have the time loop storyline, the repeated narrative. We get a whole bunch of very specific things set up in the first act, in the uh, first sequence mm-hmm. of the movie. And then once it's repeated, we then have to see those things again. And that's how we and the character, the protagonist, learn that they're living the same day over again. Yes. Right? So that's one of them. The things blow up. The, you know, he wakes up handcuffed at the base. You know, he meets J Squad, all of that stuff, time and time again. You know, so that repetition is really important, just yeah. like in
0: Groundhog Day. Yeah, and it's also a good chance for the character to learn exactly what's gonna happen.
1: Uh, absolutely, because then he has he has the opportunity to prevent it. If he knows uh-huh. how he and everybody else die, if he understands yeah. that, then he can prevent those deaths potentially. Just
0: like- Yes, the same thing that happens in Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Well, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, not in in Groundhog Day he, he doesn't well no, that's true. Phil also in Groundhog Day does prevent some deaths. Right? Yes. I mean there's that kid who falls from the tree. There's the guy who is choking on like the meat over dinner. Yeah,
0: there's the old man. The
1: old man, but he can't prevent the old man's death. The old man no, has but- to die.
0: Since he knows that the old man, he tried to get the old man to live, but he couldn't.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. How much do we love Groundhog Day?
0: A lot.
1: Can you think of an example of a thing that we might have done that would tell our listeners who have not heard about it before just how much we love Groundhog Day?
0: Um... We watch it almost like six times a year.
1: Uh, Like three, yeah.
0: Yeah, three, but we still watch it a lot of times.
1: Uh-huh, so there's that. What else? I'm thinking of one big thing we've done. Uh, uh, we took a trip.
0: Oh, gosh. If I can remember the name.
1: Well, even if you can't remember the name, okay. explain we, what we did. Okay. That's what we I'm We took for. a
0: trip to where Groundhog Day was supposed to be
1: well, no, not no. where it was supposed to be.
0: Where it was,
1: where it was filmed.
0: Yes, where <laughs> yes. it was filmed.
1: The movie Groundhog Day takes place in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, but was shot in Woodstock, Illinois, which is like two hours away from here. We of course went with uh, Joe of Word Salad Radio. We took a road trip up there and wandered around the town, looked at the you know shooting locations. Uh, that was all posted we got on Instagram. To see
0: we got to see the groundhog made out of gold.
1: Yeah, the statues. They have that alley with the big mural, the painting.
0: Yeah, there's just uh, like one alley that just has so much things from Groundhog Day on it.
1: Yeah, and we went to the bed and breakfast where Phil stays, and we, you know, got to wander around there, see the inside and uh it was it was a lot of fun you know i mean it was just a couple hours away so it was just a day trip that we took it wasn't like a gigantic pilgrimage or something to go there but we had a lot of fun took a bunch of pictures took pictures of uh al laying dead in the alley like the old man (laughs)
0: because we're sick weirdos
1: (laughs) and we went over to where uh he meets ned ryerson
0: and the puddle is gone.
1: Yeah, the puddle's gone. It's been, like, totally... Well, obviously, they're, you know, the hole in the road, they couldn't leave the giant hole there. It's like, here's a memorial to the movie. It's a giant, dangerous hole. Uh, it's Instead, though, it's now, like, part of a sidewalk, if I recall correctly. Yes, but they the do sidewalk. put...
0: They do put a thing that says, this is where... um,
1: Where the hole was. Yes. Yeah, it's like a yeah, plaque where, on the sidewalk.
0: Yeah, it says, this is where um why can't i remember the name phil uh, Phil. Th- this is where
1: bill murray um, who this plays is where, phil
0: yes this is where bill i think it said this is where bill murray stepped
1: yeah stepped into yeah. the puddle or whatever and
0: yeah but it, and it shows where his f- feet are so you can just put your feet in it it's pretty fun there
1: yeah we had a really good time mm-hmm. i mean the town's really nice we were there on farmer's market day And they have, like, an anime store. There's a great museum in the, like, what is it? The Old Town Hall or something like that? Or the old courthouse or something? The old courthouse uh, is, like, a museum now. And we ate really well there. If you are anywhere near Woodstock, Illinois, and have never been, it is worth a day trip there. Mm -hmm. Especially on Farmer's Market Day. Oh, yeah. See? Just an excuse to talk about Groundhog Day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and not talk about the movie like we usually do.
1: Uh Yep, just <laughs> We always <deviation>. get
0: sidetracked.
1: <laughs> well, now we're sidetracked because, you know, we're thinking about trips that we once took. <laughs> Daydreaming of the time where we can get out of here again once <laughs> yeah. quarantine is over.
0: And not going to the nightmare escape.
1: <laughs> That's right. The nightmare escape of the outside world. <laughs> so... Uh, what's, uh, I don't know, do you want to talk about one or two more things uh, in Edge of Tomorrow before we get to our segments? Yeah. Okay, what's some stuff that you want to talk about?
0: Oh, we should talk about the, what's it called, the Omega, I think? The Omega, The Omega. Um, it has a connection to the Alphas. Yeah. That gives it a connection to our main character. Mm Mm-hmm. And what the Omega does is once the...
1: When the alpha dies.
0: When the alpha dies, it sends a reaction to the omega that starts the day over.
1: Yeah, it's like a big time and then travel it creature. Gives,
0: yes, and it gives, its blood melts his face, but then its blood goes into his blood.
1: Yeah, so Bill so, has that mimic blood in him yeah, so that, that he we'll, can reset yeah. the day.
0: But it's he doesn't do it on purpose. Mm-mm.
1: It's that connection that he has to the Omega that makes it happen. But, of course, once he has that connection to the Omega, the Omega starts to look for him so that the Omega can get him out of and the then system.
0: you get, like, visions while you're sleeping.
1: Or, like, between... Yeah. Uh, when you die, like, you might have a vision while the Omega's trying to search for you or whatever.
0: Yeah, and it'll show you where, where the Omega is. hmm But the first one was a trap.
1: Yeah, the Omega's pretty smart, you know. These mm-hmm. creatures, again, they're they're alien. They're totally yeah. alien to us because we can't imagine being able to reset a day. You know, like they're this perfect huh. sort of virus like creature. You know, that yeah. they adapt by resetting the day mm-hmm. and learning from their mistakes. Every time one of those alphas die. That's how they don't lose any battles. And also... At least on purpose. Or at least, you know, on accident. Like, they lose one on purpose before Mm -hmm. the movie starts.
0: Rita's friend is also researched the alpha.
1: The scientist guy?
0: Yeah, the scientist guy. The Omega... And the alpha is very, very rare. I think he said like...
1: Yeah, like one in a million or something like that. Yeah, one in a
0: million is an alpha. They're very, very, very rare.
1: Yeah. So they they have all their expendable, like, grunt orange mimics that they send out. And those can die by the boatload and they don't care. But as soon as an alpha dies, they go, okay, now we're in trouble. And so they reset the day, you know. Yeah. It's really cool. And again, Mm -hmm. it's... This is Groundhog Day, but with an alien war. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Whereas Groundhog Day and, is a guy uh-huh. just living a day over and over again and for he no reason. Keeps,
0: and that's what actually how he learns what's gonna happen actually helps. I don't think it helps them that much, but it does come in later because they have to get to the general to oh, get something I see what you're saying. from him, and. They know what's going to happen and exactly going to happen. And it's so fun watching them since they know exactly what's going to happen and exactly know what to do.
1: Yeah, and we we don't watch him learn everything that's going to happen. We often skip to him after having done something for clearly yeah. weeks or months on end of living uh-huh. the same day over and over again learning every single step that he has to take to get through a situation without yeah. conflict and then we just meet him when he's doing like uh-huh. the main thing that he's set he out knows to do.
0: what a person is gonna exactly do and how to get out of something like there's this one soldier guy that they have to go behind and he's like ah, oh, snaps his finger turns around then they have to do that too and keep dodging so he or no one else sees them while they get to the...
1: Yeah, Bill, like, spins Rita and pushes her out of the way and takes, like, one step to the right yeah, and the guy doesn't even see them because he's she practiced doesn't it. doesn't
0: remember it, but he does. Exactly. That's why he's saying it to Rita and showing it and, like, showing her what to do. Mm-hmm. There's well, this, eventually, yeah. you know,
1: they they get to a point where, you know, in the climax of the movie... They know where the Omega is, right? Yeah. Like, they get to go fight the Omega. But what's really cool about that part of the movie, the really smart element of the storytelling, is that, you know, he's used his reset the day power to get to the Omega, to, like, figure out where the Omega is. But what's the problem on the day where he has to go fight the Omega?
0: The problem is that he loses the power since...
1: Mm-hmm. It was actually a car accident yeah, that he was in that accident. made him start bleeding. Yeah, And when he loses uh-huh. his blood, what blood does he lose also?
0: The alpha blood.
1: Uh, that's right. So he gets his blood replaced. So then, you know, he, he goes into the climax unable to reset the day. The whole yeah. movie is contingent on him being able to reset the day until the one time where it would seem to be most useful. And
0: then she tries um to kill him, but he's like, I got blood. I don't have the power. And she's like, uh-oh. Yeah, so exactly. then they have to do it without wah, dying.
1: Wah. Yeah, they have to do it without dying. They only yeah. get one shot. Whereas he could do everything a hundred times, 200 times, as many times as he needed. The final assault on the Omega, they get one chance. That's good storytelling. Yeah. It's just really but strong since that
0: happens, Um, Rita decides to distract the alpha since an alpha is guarding well, it. Well, let's not
1: get too deep into the no, climax, but, uh, but the J yeah. the J squad joins them, which is fun. <laughs> um and they, you know, they get to of actually course. go into battle and be awesome. Mm-hmm. But the climax is really exciting and it's, yeah. you know, extra intense because they do only get one shot whereas yeah. if he could reset the day over and over again in the climax, the climax wouldn't be that tense. You know, he no, would he would be he like, would step happened. to the left. Now jump two feet in the air, do a backflip. You know, and and now yeah. we we kill the omega. And he would figure it out, and it would be super easy. But they only get one shot, and it's a place yeah. they've never been, never fought in, never done this ever. So, again, good storytelling. Yeah. Anything he has
0: to figure it out on his own.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anything else to say before we dive into our segments? No. All right, man. Beastly Best here. What would you say is the coolest monster moment in the movie? Um There's a lot to choose from.
0: I would say my favorite one is when um is when our main character gets like one of the swords, I think, but he gets like the helicopter thing and he uses it to just destroy a mimic by just hammering the sword into it.
1: Okay. Like he sure. hits it
0: with a sword, it gets onto the ground. He keeps hammering it with that. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. And eventually it just dies.
1: Yeah, the That's fighting, like part. I said, is all really cool where they're yeah. flipping around and shooting and hitting the the mimics. <laughs> I don't know. I'll throw I'll throw my uh beastly best pick to the moment when he gets his face melted. I think that's amazing. He blows up oh, that yeah. alpha and then his face melts off. Oh, yeah. I forgot.
0: Cool. He blows it up.
1: Yeah, with that, that bomb. Yeah,
0: with the bomb.
1: That was strapped to the other guy's chest yeah. that you were talking about. And then it just like sprays and it like melts the side of his face off. It's yeah. super rad.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is pretty cool.
1: So then get spooked. Spooky moments?
0: Um... I wouldn't have a spooky moment for me, but probably for kids, other kids,
1: kids who don't watch as many mm-hmm. monster movies as you do,
0: is when they go to the fake vision place where the alpha told him where was. Oh, and it's like totally was.
1: abandoned. Yeah, and, and then, real then creepy and quiet. One yeah. of
0: the where the omega was supposed to be, and he's and he was gonna go tell them that it was fake, but then. You see an alpha turns and starts coming towards him. He turns around to run. But then one of the regular mimics comes up and he's just trapped.
1: Yeah, that, that's he, he a really spooky try sequence. And to to
0: escape without dying so he can tell them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to get his blood so that he doesn't have the ability to like reset the day anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a spooky sequence. That's what I was going to point to as well. Yeah so then funny bones yes are there any funny moments in uh-huh. this movie
0: um i remember i told you about when they were trying to get something from the general
1: yeah brendan would character
0: give it to him so eventually he gives it to him and then they come out and rita says what do we do next he's like I don't know, we haven't got this far. Because they haven't yeah. ever done it.
1: Yeah, it's as far as they've ever gotten in that moment. Yeah. The funniest moment in the movie is easily, and I hate to spoil it too much, but when he's trying to escape J-Squad to go meet Rita, and he tries to roll under oh that truck. Oh my
0: gosh, that, that is so funny.
1: That's hysterical. <laughs> um. So we'll leave it at that. And then, because I don't want to say any more about no, it, it's, it's just so it's, funny, it's hysterical. So then, that brings us to our final segment: scream themes. What does what is this movie about to you? What is the message of this movie? What's it saying? I've actually got one this time too that I want to mention. But yeah. uh, what what else? What do you think it's saying?
0: I think the scream themes is that.
1: Or just the theme.
0: The theme is, well, I think this, because I'm not really sure, but it's my best guess.
1: Well, the the thing about a theme is that it is oftentimes really personal. It's the way you interpret the story, and what the story tells you about the world, and the story tells you about the way you should live or shouldn't mm -hmm. live.
0: I think it's trying to tell us that if it comes to something major, that makes an impact on a lot of people, mm-hmm. you shouldn't say no or something bad could happen.
1: So essentially what you're saying is if you have the opportunity to do good in the world and have a positive major impact, you should do it. You yes. shouldn't run away from that ability.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I And become I can forced to do it. Yeah, like he's forced into this situation. And he could have done good, but yeah. he, he was a coward. Uh-huh. He chose and to do might, bad, and it's only when he's forced to. You might eventually
0: become really good at it. So basically, yeah.
1: everybody has the ability to do great, important, uh-huh. useful things for mankind, yeah. for the planet. But oftentimes, people refuse to heed the call. Yeah. Yeah, And they absolutely. try to make
0: excuses not to do it. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: Every single day of many people's lives... They have the opportunity to do something good and they go, yeah, but, and they have excuses, you know, and that's, no, that's unacceptable. And I agree that is 100% a theme of this movie. I would also add to that one of the themes of the movie is that war is only ever won if you don't do it, if you can prevent the war. I think like that's a big
0: part of this is the idea that,
1: you know, like the only way to actually effectively win a war is to just time travel to the beginning of it and not do it at all. You know, so war is best not Mm -hmm. fought
0: because if the Omega was not destroyed and they didn't know that it was real, eventually they would take over the world since they couldn't stop it spawning.
1: And the the thing is, you watch a movie like this and you get to meet J-Squad and we see J-Squad die over and over and over again. And that's a tragedy. When people die in war, it's tragic and it shouldn't happen. Oh,
0: you just said that and I remembered a part that was also kind of funny.
1: Okay, okay, from Um, serious to funny. Let's go. Okay. And then, um, and then we'll get this all wrapped from
0: up. Someone in J Squad, the crashed a crashed plane hits him. Oh, One it of falls the, on him
1: from the sky. So
0: the next time he tries to save him, he saves that person. But the plane hits him. Then finally, he both of them get out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was so Bill, funny. Bill tries to save the guy from getting hit by the plane the second day around, or whatever, or second or third day. And then gets squashed by the plane himself. And then the next day gets the timing just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up here, I did want to give a shout out to a whole group of folks right now who've come together. Uh, if you go over on like Instagram and search SIP Network, the slightly irregular podcast network is a group of our friends, our podcasting friends, some old, some new. Who have uh, come together to, you know, cross promote and do the kind of big events that we participated in? Was it last year when we did the?
0: Yeah, I think we, it was last. Yeah, it was.
1: What did uh, we do? Son of Frankenstein or whatever? We were part I don't of the think Universal. It was last year. Whatever, one of these. Ooh, yeah,
0: <laughs> but we did.
1: We did part of a series of episodes, and so that same group of guys and uh, one or two other shows have come together to form the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. Uh, Friends of ours, like Angry Dad, Phantom Dark Dave with, you know, the podcast From Another World, and Terrible Terror, Paranormal Pativity. Go check them out. Follow them so that you get notified when anybody from that awesome group puts out their shows. But uh, we look forward to being able to work with those guys in the future on these big events. And so... You know, check them out. They're good dudes. They're, you know, friends of ours, friends of mine, uh, not just from podcasting, but now in the real world outside of podcasting, too. (laughs) just good dudes. Yeah. So go check that out, the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network or SIP Network on Instagram. Obviously, uh, we are a Word Salad production, and you can support us and Word Salad Radio by going where...
0: Patreon.com slash word salad.
1: That's right, and times are tough right now, and we understand that. So no pressure there or whatever. The money that we do bring in does get put back for Alistair. Um, we, ha- we have a bunch of stuff coming out there over the coming months because I'm using quarantine time to record up a whole bunch of episodes of Cinemuck. I recorded two that I'm still editing, and then I've got another two planned for recording next week, and I'm going to come out of quarantine with just a whole pile of them, and probably going to release them more often as a result, you know, probably two a month or whatever, as often as I can get them recorded and edited. But one of the things that I'm running into is that I'm recording them faster than I can edit them, so, you know, we're backlogging it. But you can also find us online on Instagram at...
0: CadaverCast.
1: On Twitter at
0: cadaver underscore cast.
1: And on Facebook,
0: the CadaverCast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club.
1: That's right. And of course, you can always email us at cadavercast at gmail But those are the places you can find us around on the Internet. When we're posting right now during the quarantine, I'm not on social media quite so much as I was before or will be after. So bear with us there. Uh, we're still here. We're still recording episodes. We're still doing fine. We're on lockdown. I mean, we're not taking chances. But, you know, uh, reach out to us. You know, if you're listening, help spread the episodes. That's the best thing you can do to support us. Again, we know times are tight, times are rough or whatever. People right now are listening to a lot of podcasts. So uh, help get our show in their ear holes and hopefully we can entertain them too and fill their heads with Groundhog Day quotes. Al, what's one more quote that you want to drop in their ear holes from Groundhog Day?
0: Okay. Phil. Phil! Do you remember me? Remember? Ned Ryerson? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how he says it at You're least.
1: You're pretty good. Needle yep. nose Ned. Ned the head. Ned. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Bing! All right. So, <laughs> why don't <laughs> you sign us out?
0: You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham.
1: And I'm Cadaver Dad, Jeff Burnham. We love you. Thanks, everyone.
0: Groundhog Day. Am I right or am am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Right, right, right?